Dr. Gregory Jans is a best-selling author of over 45 books and the founder of the Center A Place of Hope, voted a top 10 center for depression treatment in the U.S. As the pioneer of whole person care, Dr. Jans is known as the messenger of hope. Now the nation's expert on anxiety, depression, substance abuse, relationships, trauma, and PTSD, here is Dr. Gregory Jantz. Hi, it's counselor and educator, Dr. Greg Jantz. And what do you do? What do you do if anxiety's got you paralyzed and you feel frozen and you, you can't seem to get beyond the anxiety? Anxiety is our number one diagnosis in our country. It's the number one non-medical diagnosis. It is the most common diagnosis. Anxiety. Anxiety can freeze you. It can hold you captive. Anxiety takes and as though it has a stronghold, it wraps around you. It affects all of our systems. I write in the book, The Anxiety Reset, about how to address a whole person strategy to cover all the bases in order to find, well, what are the missing pieces to the puzzle? Think of it in terms of a thousand piece puzzle. Lots of pieces and lots of pieces to that anxiety. Sometimes it's hard to know, well, what came first? Uh, my poor sleep or my anxiety or how did it all get to this point? What are the different pieces? Anxiety can be created by a lifestyle. Anxiety can be created by an unpleasant situation, a sudden diagnosis that could be fearful like cancer. Anxiety can be created with a unpleasant um, accident or somebody has been um, bully behavior or cyber bully behavior. Feeling unsafe creates anxiety. So anxiety, lots of roots, lots of causes. And we want to talk about some things that you be sure that you always, always go over uh, when you're struggling with anxiety. These would be some of the foundational issues to make sure they are addressed in order to have um, direction on where I go from here. So cover these first if you're struggling with anxiety, and then we can build a plan after covering, covering some foundational issues. All right, number one, anxiety. What are the physical symptoms that you may be experiencing? Well, let's think about those. Some of the symptoms of anxiety could look like depression. I could wake up in the morning with um, a heaviness that I can't seem to shake off. Uh, and you know that feeling of that heaviness. It's an oppressive feeling. Uh, for some, they may describe it as a spiritual battle. There seems to be uh, warfare, something going on. And it, it's a heaviness. No matter what I do, I can't seem to get this oppression off of me. Okay, that would be a common symptom to depression and anxiety. Now, anxiety, and I said spiritual because uh, there are some spiritual implications for anxiety. I'm going to just speak from my personal belief system on this that we need to address 
uh, and look at fear in my life. What's my um, issues that I may, or my beliefs around a God, around fear? Did I uh, grow up with religious, um, even spiritual abuse that taught me a lot of fear? So something to look at. Maybe I've carried that for a long time. So number one, what are my beliefs? What are the beliefs that I hold that could be adding to uh, the anxiety? Because at some point I could have the belief that I don't deserve to have a happy relationship. I don't deserve to have a certain life. I don't deserve to have um, healthy relationships. And so then I've learned to live in a way that is really, uh, if you will, undeserving. And I don't really have because I don't believe that I should or that I deserve to even have uh, any healthy relationships. I was taught that I was in some way a uh, defective. Shame was a, a a theme that I was taught maybe growing up that you were never good enough and so you carried that into adulthood. So what are my fundamental beliefs that could be contributing to anxiety? Um, do I believe that I am unlovable? Do I believe that I am flawed? Do I believe uh, maybe certain lies others have told about me and so I've always been anxious and I maybe I have a social anxiety. Remember, there are many different forms of anxiety. Social anxiety, uh, there's anxiety that can arise from physical causes, which we'll talk about. So lots of reasons for anxiety. Anxiety could have emotional roots. So. This is why we look at beliefs. If I have been deeply wounded by physical or sexual abuse, and I have had repeated traumas in my life, and trauma after trauma, uh, I could really have layers and layers of hurt of trauma in my life that uh, really maybe have never been peeled back and looked at to see what do I need to resolve in my life span that has been many layers of trauma. And that can be, uh, that alone can create anxiety and be uh, fearful and, and create a sense of such uncertainty because I've had a lot of trauma. So the question is, have I had traumas? I've had significant loss early on, loss of a loved one, uh, repeated uh, abuses or emotional abuse in my life that will create anxiety so and then what are my beliefs around that so trauma beliefs and now we need to look at okay and this again as we start to look at this we're just doing what i call a quick scan i'm scanning for possibilities why this anxiety has gotten such a stronghold in my life. Why now, after time of experiencing anxiety, do I feel like I can't function? And I'm at a place of, of where I'm disabled uh, in my daily functioning because of anxiety. It has taken me down a path where I am uh, in despair. I am feeling a sense of disability because of anxiety. I'm no longer functioning uh, 
and it's anxiety in my life. Now, I'm going to also say we live in some interesting times where there's a lot of things, if I focused on them, I could be really anxious about. Lots of things. I could have anxiety um, just by looking at news and and people don't know what's true what's not and the term misinformation a fact check this and that and i can get fixated on these things and feel exceedingly anxious all right now we also want to look at uh, anxiety that could have some uh, physical or physiological implications. And I wrote down here really some of the most common that we see uh, that could be a, really a significant um, pull in your body that could create anxiety. Number one, medications. Am I taking any medication that could have a side effect that promotes anxiety or anxiousness am i taking anything over the counter um, that could be creating anxiety you know by the way a common example uh, could be uh, some people get anxious uh, even taking uh, an over-the-counter uh, allergy medication Okay, it's not, not prescribed, it's just over the counter. And they experience anxiety as a result of taking that. So, both prescribed, unprescribed, um, could be contributing. What am I doing uh, daily in such things as my caffeine intake? Am I the guy that's having eight to 10 cups of coffee or espresso? Or I having all these different caffeinated or coffee drinks does that describe me uh, and is it uh, other things that could be going in my mouth I'm going to mention alcohol uh, alcohol is a central nervous system depressant so whether it's beer whether it's wine and then uh, hard liquor uh, it's a nervous system depressant that leaves you then the rebound is anxiety. I will feel anxious because of it. Uh, alcohol use. Uh, a hangover uh, tends to foster an, a sense of anxiousness. And then I later learn that I drink to feel normal. So is there alcohol in my life? And I'll tell you there's a lot of reasons not to have alcohol in your life. Anxiety uh, is just one of them. Uh, the studies, everything is so clear now about uh, alcohol and really what happens in, in our brain. And it used to be, well, moderate is okay, or, you know, just drink uh, red wine. No. Uh, what we know now is uh, alcohol in any form is not healthy for the brain. And uh, we know that alcohol and uh, certain cancers, etc. So a lot of reasons, I'm mentioning it, uh, to keep alcohol out of our lives. Uh, we also want to look at sugar intake. A person that <laughs> maybe has a food addiction uh, is going, these are, again, our foundations to look at with anxiety. What's you know going in your mouth? Is, is there a lot of sugar? Okay, so uh, let's say it's during the holidays or it's birthday or it's Thanksgiving and yeah, 
there's sugar there's pies there's desserts um are you the person though that uh has trouble regulating sugar intake eat more sugar than what you know inside that was going to be you made a decision to keep going uh sugar will uh promote a anxiousness as well so just some things i'm just tossing out things we're looking at again the purpose of this time here is just a quick scan we're scanning of possibilities uh that and this is why many times individuals coming into the center they go well you know i've taken this anti-anxiety medication i'm on this antidepressant and i i'm taking a high blood pressure medication and they will say it's like well nothing's really working for me i i'm still struggling i'm still having anxiety and so because there are other contributing factors that are interfering and even uh limiting a medication's ability to help because of other factors so that's why we love the whole person approach that's why well it's never a single pill that's gonna cure us it is looking at the whole person and all the contributing factors okay so uh water intake uh water i was gonna reach for my water bottle water um i cannot over stress the importance of good clean water and and a daily water routine uh, water improves mood improves concentration lowers blood pressure and uh, helps that i say improve concentration water water does so much uh for us and uh, actually is responsible to helping even with energy so i want to mention water some people who get anxious tend to drink move away from water and they're drinking heavily energy energy drinks uh, a lot of caffeine they're drinking a lot of other things besides water when you get anxious it's kind of a natural though self-destructive pattern that you can get into all right next one i want to look at is um, sleep routines again quick scan um, over the last uh, few days uh, when you look at bedtime you look at time that it took to go to sleep you look at um, did I stay asleep during the night was I up more than one time during the night uh, do I wake up during the night kind of gasping for air and my heart beating fast do I uh, find myself um, just that boom 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 feeling wide awake waiting waking up suddenly but I'm, but you're uh, not wide awake because you just were thrown out of a sleep so uh, years ago I did work in sleep research at a sleep laboratory and uh, so many advances in the area of sleep and how it relates back to sleep, sleep stages how it links back to um, uh, anxiety uh, sleep disturbances um, sleep apnea where we stop breathing for a certain period of time during our sleep uh, these all can be contributing factors so the quality or lack of quality of your sleep can be a huge one as it promotes anxiousness and also depression so sleep just what is my sleep hygiene what's my sleep routine uh, what's going on there and then again 
scanning different possibilities. Have I had blood work done? Uh, blood work, vitamin D. Uh, what's my vitamin D level? That's one that uh, we would always look at. Vitamin D. What is uh, my uh, hormonal levels? By the way, low vitamin D, depression, anxiety, low energy, such an important uh, nutrient. And uh, it sometimes you may have to ask in the blood profile, hey, run my vitamin D, uh, but also run my hormonal panel. Uh, that's testosterone. That's um, the free testosterone in the bloodstream. That is uh, the um, estrogen, estrogen, uh, the female hormones. We want to know exactly what is going on hormonally. Uh, if I have a very low testosterone or very low estrogen, bingo, low energy, anxiety. Again, these these could be contributing factors that's that's making everything worse, amplifying my symptoms. So then we also want to look at thyroid function. I have hypo, low thyroid function. How is that uh, potentially interfering? By the way, low thyroid, anxiety, for example, and, and depression and low energy. So those are some of the basic ones that we always want to cover. There's others that we want to look at, but that that's our quick scan to go, okay, what do I know about these uh, in my blood work? And um, what do I know as far as uh, how far off am I? Um, I have had individuals come in and say, you know, my doctor said that my testosterone was a little low, uh, but no big deal yet. Hey, individuals, by the way, um, you know, may it may not be that low in a, in a standard framework, but when it's moved back up and put a little bit closer to the other end, a person feels radically different. So there is um, the art of, of how all that works together. And if your vitamin D is low, oh my goodness. So, all right. The other one to do a quick scan is, uh, I'm going to call it gut health. Um, gut health, uh, our microbiome, our intestinal flora, everything that makes all the good bacteria, makes all of our, most of our B vitamins. So, you know, you're going to find, as you look at this, you go, well, you know, upwards to 90%. Uh, and I noticed that over time, the number has gone higher, but mostly when you read, you'll find 90% of your serotonin is made in your, in your gut. It serotonin who has to do with mood has to do with sleep. That's an important brain chemical. We manufacture it in our gut. It travels via the vagus nerve from the gut to the brain. And it's very important for uh, substance or fueling the brain, serotonin. And uh, if you have ex food allergies, leaky gut syndrome, uh, or been told you have, uh, and your digestion never feels like it's well, you had a long history of, of using antibiotics, these are, those are possibilities. Uh, this is why so many times now we're seeing uh, various different um, uh, 
acidophilus is what I'm going to oftentimes been said to take, but um, taking different kinds of intestinal um, bacteria is what it is uh, to reestablish that in the gut. So a probiotic, for example. And reestablishing gut health a lot of times has a big connection to brain health. The other one that is manufactured in the gut is dopamine. It has a lot to do with the feel-good, chemical, mood, uh, and mood balance, and so forth. Uh, an SSRI, a medication for depression, for example, um, a common one, uh, usually is manipulating, I'm making it super simple, manipulating that dopamine in your brain. Uh, well, what if I can do that in a different way by having good gut health and yeah, it might take a little time, but boy, do I feel better. So these are things to look at. Uh, the connection between your body and your brain and brain health, uh, super important. Uh, do I have a lot of inflammation? And inflammation, uh, people who have inflammation uh, in their life, in their body, tend to also have a lot of anxiety so that's another one to be looked at. So you can see there's a real important role for examining uh, and scanning what could be happening in our physical well-being. How's that affecting my brain? And I have seen brain scans, uh, Dr. Amen and his spec scans, and I've seen brain scans, uh, highly anxious person, um, and it's been that way for a long time they've received appropriate treatment six months later a year later you look at the same brain scan and you go wow okay that's not my specialty but you you, you can look at it and know this looks not so good and this looks a whole lot better and so it, this is why we've got to look at as anxiety we've got to look at what's going on in brain function all right it's just some things to consider as we uh our desire is to is to kind of re-examine some possibilities, all those different pieces of the puzzle, and then how do we need to begin to reset those pieces of the puzzle, and really we're rebuilding and establishing a plan for dealing with anxiety. Now, I haven't really gone into how we think, our cognitions, uh, we talked a little bit about what we believe, but as you look at every avenue of the whole person, you can create uh, an exceptional, sustainable plan for uh, anxiety in your life. And there's at times hidden anxieties. If I have hidden behavioral addictions, pornography, gaming, um, I'm going to put sex addiction in there as well. Gaming is a big one. Uh, technology addiction, etc. If I have these issues, then um, and they're hidden to everybody else. Maybe you could put gambling in there as well. Uh, I will be producing anxiety. So we've got to look at the whole side of behavioral addictions. All right. This is um, so important to do the initial scan. And this is just a, a podcast to help us think about some possibilities and then build a plan uh I love doing it with a team. That's why I want to have everything from uh, the psychiatric team. That's why I want to have the 
um, uh, naturopathic team, the nutritional team, the dietitians, the mental health specialist, uh, if I need addiction specialist, and I'm going to add fitness and how am I going to build my physical health and fitness and put together that whole person plan as well as maybe I need to have a spiritual mentor. Maybe I need healing spiritually. Uh, all that has to come together for a long term successful plan. Just some considerations when nothing else is working and the medication you know, is not working. I'm not functioning. What do I need to look at next? These are some of the brief, I call it a scan, because we're just briefly going over some of these to look at what may need for their exploration. Uh, behind me, there's a blue book. I just see it there, a blue book, The Anxiety Reset. And The Anxiety Reset comes also with a 12-week uh, workbook to help me work through and have a structure to work through uh, dealing with anxiety. Again, the number one uh, diagnosis in our country and a lot of people are suffering and I think suffer way too long before receiving help and uh, specialized help no magic pill that's what we usually start with give me the pill so I can feel better no one magic pill uh, but we've got to look at the whole person so I can have a long-term plan for healing Again, many different forms of anxiety from panic disorder. I think worry, a lot of worry, a person who worries can turn it into anxiety. Uh, so our mental processes, uh, what we call our cognitions and how we think and what we believe and what the dialogue is up here is so important. I do want to say there is hope. I do want to say not only hope, uh, but hope comes when there's a plan. And this is a part of beginning to put together a plan that's going to work over time. So there's hope. We've been doing this for 39 years as of today, you know, to this, this year. In 39 years, I can tell you, I'm confident in knowing what works when we apply it properly and what will work over time. So there really is hope.